On this episode of the Fellowship Podcast by CMF International, we have the privilege of hearing from two of our Global Scope missionaries in Spain, Jesse and Sophie Bentley. Jesse and Sophie have served with CMF for 16 years and have launched two different Global Scope campus ministries. We'll get a glimpse into their life background and the ways that God led them to do campus ministry in Spain. We'll also hear a lot about how God's plan for our lives doesn't make sense to the world around us, but it is definitely a ride worth being on. I'm your host, Jake Moore. Welcome to The Fellowship. Welcome to the Fellowship Podcast by CMF International. I'm your host, Jake Moore, and I am joined today by my longtime good friends, Jesse and Sophie Bentley. Jesse and Sophie, welcome to the Fellowship Podcast. Thanks, Jake. Hey, Jake. Good to be here. <laughs> yeah, it's good to be here, to be virtually in one another's presence. Um, and I am personally excited to have you guys on the podcast today to talk about the ways that you got plugged in with CMF to hear how you not only launched one campus ministry in Spain, but two campus ministries in Spain and the ways that God has brought you from various places around the world. Uh, being a couple who are not both from the United States uh, is really uh, going to be a fun thing to talk through. And then how that has played out in your ministry uh, in Spain with Global Scope. So thank you so much for being on today. Yeah, glad to be here. Thank you. Now, before we jump into like your history and some of the other questions that I like to ask a lot of my other guests, tell us a little bit about your family right now. I know we got Jesse, we got Sophie. What else we got there in the in the family makeup? Uh, well, we have uh, three kids mm-hmm. and a dog. Uh, we've got <laughs> nice. That's important. That's important that you mentioned the dog. Yeah, yeah. Detail. Um, Juliet, she's sixteen. Uh, our oldest daughter. She was born in the U.S. just before we came uh, to the field. And then our son Liam, he's fourteen. He was born here. And then our daughter Alina, who's eleven, she was born while we. We were on our first furlough, mm-hmm. and then the dog is Zelda. Yeah, in France. Yeah, <laughs> who is from France? Yes. Ooh, that's so bougie of you guys to have a, a French dog. <laughs> we we adopted internationally. Uh, oh my goodness, that is so wonderful of you all. Yeah. <laughs> uh, rescuing the dogs from France. Oh, God bless yeah. you. God bless you. Well, one of my favorite things that I love to tell people about. Aaron and I in our relationship with Jesse and Sophie has to do with the fact that Sophie, you were pregnant at the same time that Aaron was uh, with our son, Aiden. So Aiden and Juliet were born the same week uh, within like six days of each other. But Mm -hmm. for anyone that's listening or watching this podcast, they probably don't know that you were actually due after Aaron was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so we were all at Emmanuel Christian Seminary together, and we were living in this same apartment complex uh, on Milligan's campus. And so that's when we all started hanging out together, doing classes together at Emmanuel. 
you two ladies would go on walks together sometimes as uh, mm -hmm. pregnant friends that were getting ready to serve with CMF. But Aaron, Aaron had this due date before you, but we knew yours was real close by. Well, Aaron's due date, December 3rd shows up, right? December yeah. 3rd yeah. shows up and she doesn't go into labor. She doesn't have our little boy, Aiden. But that morning we get a phone call from our friend, yeah. Jesse. Hey man, <laughs> Sophie went into labor last night. We've got a little girl. She was born. It was it in the morning or in the middle of the night, something like that. In the middle of the night. Yeah, one in the morning. Yeah, yeah one right. in the morning on the third. <laughs> Aaron and I are sitting in her house. I'm talking to you. And she knew like in that instant, it was like her motherly instinct or something new that you were telling me that Sophie had Juliet on that day. And she says, does she have the baby? <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah, she had the baby. And she goes, oh, no. And she literally goes and runs and throws herself <laughs> on her bed and says, she stole my due date. <laughs> She's still my friend, though. So, like, you know, it's the power of forgiveness. I know. It is. It's so true. That's so true. You, you can, you can uh, break down barriers in various ways. It's the yeah. power of forgiveness. So, <laughs> that is one of my favorite of many moments with the Bentley family uh, and just speaks to our longtime connection uh, together. So, yeah, Juliet and Aiden are both 16. Aiden, of course, is driving around this trashy little car uh, here in the States. I'm guessing Juliet doesn't have a car in Spain. She does not right? drive yet. Yeah. She doesn't drive. Oh, the no. joys of being a missionary kid in Europe. Not getting to drive. Got to be 18. Yeah. Got to be 18. Oh, man. Well, okay. So let's back up a little bit. That's your family where you guys are at now. You're serving as the team leaders with Global Scope uh, in Valencia, Spain. This mm -hmm. is your second campus ministry that you've actually launched in Spain. But I want to hear a little bit more. And I think our audience would like to hear a little bit more about how did you get to this place? Like, tell us a little bit more about the two of you getting to Georgia tech, like, and, and then even your journey of faith, did you guys come from believing homes was following Jesus, a part of your, your life fabric, your, your family's fabric, or is that something uniquely different to, to each of you? So either one of you, I'd love for you to, to start off and to, to share a little bit about that piece. Uh, where did Jesus fit into your life, uh, building up as a, as a young adult and then maybe going into college? Yeah. Um, you know, I grew up uh, always going to church. That was always just kind of a part of our family. Uh, my parents were actually in campus ministry together for a couple of years early mm -hmm. on in their marriage when we were really young. Uh, unfortunately, their their marriage ended in, in divorce, and that was also the end of their time in ministry. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and but but they continued taking us to church through those years did a lot of different church experiences, Episcopal church, Baptist church, Methodist church, independent church, you know, free church, mm -hmm. a lot of, a lot of different experiences. We'd even, yeah. go to, we'd even go to the Catholic church. If my mom got up too late, she, she was pretty equal opportunity. Uh, this is before, respect. this is before virtual services oh, online. Exactly. You're like, all right, let's look for the one that has the most number of services available to us. <laughs> the most flexibility for when you get up late, uh, you know, we go to the Presbyterian church sometimes. Um, so just kind of a, a broad, um, 
exposure to Protestant uh, churches for the most part. And, you know, was an acolyte as a kid, was in the mm-hmm. choir, mm-hmm. Uh, got a Bible, uh, mm-hmm. even would read the Bible on my own just as a kid. Um, I, I like the idea of you as a choir boy. I don't know why. That, you can see it. That, that warmed my heart a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I, I liked it. It was, it was fun. I mean, I didn't know any different. And so, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I did that. And, you know, always uh, was involved in church. I remember in middle school, it kind of started to be cool kids versus not feeling cool and didn't want to go to youth group. And, you know, some of those mixed feelings of, of not really feeling comfortable in your own skin, uh, whether that was at school or at church, it, it didn't really matter. It, in a lot of ways, church just kind of felt like an extension of the social groups that already existed at school. Yeah. And so that, I think that was a difficult time to really feel like I liked uh, church in that sense. I, I was involved in the Methodist church and got confirmed when I was 13 mm-hmm. uh, as the tradition in the Methodist church. And I remember at the time thinking it was even kind of a strange activity because it didn't matter your age. It didn't matter where you were in faith, it seemed. We were all 13. And so therefore we all got confirmed. And mm-hmm. even then at 13, I looked around the room and I knew, well, some people are here because their parents are making them do it. And some people actually really do have a living faith and want to follow yeah. Jesus. And, and, and I, I feel like at that point I had understood what it meant to be a Christian, but I, I don't know, um, you know, if I had, uh, if I were to do it all again, I would definitely have taken like a confession of faith, but that was kind of where, where things went. And I remember at 14, somebody asked me if I was a Christian and I said, Oh yes, for sure. And then afterwards I started thinking about that. I was like, what does that even mean? Hmm. You know, and and so that was about when I was 14 is when I understood this idea of the gospel that Jesus had died for me. and I was placed my faith in him. And, you know, so that was kind of the really the beginning of my making my faith my own. Oh, that's, really then, interesting. that's pretty early on. Yeah, maybe. And, um, you know, then high school was just kind of a mess back and forth. Uh, you know, my parents being divorced, lived in different even live with my mom, live with my dad, went to three different high schools. And um, by the time I got to college, uh, I was looking for something community-wise, faith-wise, mm-hmm. but it was definitely more of the community element that, that was attractive. Um, and a couple guys from my high school told me, you know, they're like, hey, we're going to Campus Crusade if you want to join us. And, mm-hmm. and so I started going to Crusade, and that was um, – really a turning point for me that first year of college was kind of like living on both sides of the fence. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't want my Christian friends to know that I had my party <laughs> friends and I didn't want my party friends to know that I was a Christian. Yeah. Uh, and it's always so hard, isn't it? <laughs> living and, the double life. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. And by the end of that year, uh, I remember I was at a party and, um, I was on my way to making bad decisions because of alcohol at that party. And there was one other Christian guy who lived in the dorm and he sat down at the party with all of us. And I was mad. I was like, why is this Christian guy here? Like, he's kind of like, you know, he's not, he's messing with my mojo. And, um, and he didn't say anything to me. He was just real happy and talking to everybody. And um, at that moment I felt like, he didn't have to say anything. I felt convicted that God was speaking mm. to me. Like you have to decide who you're living for. Are you living for me or are you living for you? And so that would have been 19, uh, summer after my freshman year. Yeah. And, um, 
that next fall, I got invited to be in a discipleship group. And that was just, man, that was a huge turning point in terms of um, learning how to confess sin, uh, encourage one another in a, in a small group setting, read the Bible together, pray for one another. Um, and yeah, I mean, that was really the beginning of a, of a transformation in, in my walk with, with Jesus. Yeah. Well, that, and it's, it's interesting too, that crew ended up being that connecting point for you, uh, and, and really starting to take your faith seriously. I know that was where you and I connected when we were at Emmanuel together. Sure. There was the CMF connection, but then we also had this shared bond and that, uh, for me being at the university of Oklahoma, I also was involved with crew and it was that community of faith that really helped hone and shape me into the young man that I became later that, uh, that I am today, even the young man, that you are today. <laughs> the young man, I am to the young 41 year old brace faced man that I am today. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, that's, that's really cool. Well, so, okay. You got you and crew and <laughs> feeling convicted, uh, well, in the midst of the party, Sophie, where were you at in the mix of this? Were in you guys same? In, were you the same year at Georgia Tech? We were. We started the same year. We actually met early on when we were at Georgia Tech because we had some of the same friends. Like there was this one girl, Tammy, who lived in my dorm, who was friends with Jesse from Crew. So like mm. she kind of connected us, right? Okay. I pursued Sophie early and eagerly uh, our <laughs> year until she. Um, Encourage me to look otherwhere. <laughs> to go uh, away. Oh, and other places. Oh man. Oh, I. I hope we can hear more about that uh, here in a minute because that, <laughs> I, that, that's some of my favorite parts of the Jesse and Sophie story. Yeah. But before that, before that, we need to hear a little bit more about Sophie. Sophie, mm-hmm. you're not from Georgia originally. I am not. I was actually born in Belgium. So I'm. Yeah, I was born in Belgium. When I was two years old, my family moved to Mexico. Wow. We lived in Mexico for seven years. And then when I was nine, uh, we moved again to Atlanta, Georgia. So my dad, my parents were not missionaries. Everyone's always asked me that. Um, yeah. Uh, the international business. Was, international, yeah. He was the international, international business. business. Yeah. So he just got transferred around uh, and we got transferred around with him. Um, but yeah, so I grew up in a, in a culturally Catholic home. So Roman Catholic. Um, so I went through all of the, the the steps that you go through when you're, you know, grow up in a Catholic church. You go yeah. through infant baptism, first communion, confirmation. I went to a Catholic high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was all very Catholic, but very only on Sundays. So it was like right. when we went to mass, we were Catholic. Uh, the rest of the time, we never really talked about God. We didn't talk about Jesus. We didn't talk about faith. Hmm. Um, I had a Bible because I went to a Catholic high school, but it was only for class. So it was like a textbook. <laughs> uh, and so we would look up yeah. things like she would essentially tell us, turn to this page and let's mm-hmm. read the story. Um, is so this, that, we're talking uniforms and a nun t- as your teacher, even we had priests, but yeah, priests. Interesting. Yeah, we went okay. to, I went to Marist high school. So it was, a it was, a. Marist priests mm-hmm. who were great. They were really great. Honestly, it was a, it was sure. a good experience. It was a very good experience. Um, but yeah, so I went to started at Georgia tech, you know, being living in Atlanta, Georgia, uh, there was that hope scholarship that we took full advantage of in my family. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have three sisters. Mm-hmm. So uh, my oldest sister went to California 
And so my twin sister and I kind of had to go to state schools <laughs> after. That's right. And after yeah, interestingly enough, you're a twin. Yeah. That's pretty fascinating That's as well. Yes. Yeah, so many <laughs> fascinating facets. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, my twin sister went to UGA and I went to Georgia Tech. Ooh, yeah. house divided. That's I know. Kinda, that's kind of hard. So much fun with the scandal. All the, all the crazy. <laughs> so, but yeah, it was uh, starting at Georgia Tech. I think that I really see like God's hand just kind of really becoming very, very active in my life. Mm. Um, you know, I went. I did go to Catholic high school, but like it wasn't really ever an integral part of my life. Uh, mm. Faith. But when I started at Georgia Tech, I very, very quickly made a lot of friends who were uh, Christians, who were living out their faith daily. Mm -hmm. And that can be Protestant, Catholic, all kinds of denominations, but they were Christians. That's what made them different, in my yeah. opinion. Um, and there was this one guy, Drew, uh, who was also a freshman, and he quickly figured out that I was culturally I knew stuff, but I didn't, I wasn't really like, I didn't have a faith. I, I didn't mm -hmm. actually have a relationship with Jesus. And he was actually the first one who asked me, he was like, do you have a relationship? Do you know what having a relationship with Jesus Christ means? And I was like, I have no idea. Like I had mm -hmm. never heard that put together before. Yeah. Before. That phraseology. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so uh, he kind of was like, well, listen, it looks like you have a lot of questions. Why don't you just start writing down your questions? And then once a week we'll meet in the student center and we'll just go over your questions together. And I was like, all right, cool. You know, so yeah. I started writing down my questions and he would meet with me once a week. And he really like, he challenged me a lot because mm -hmm. I learned thanks to Drew that I knew nothing. Uh, I thought I knew a lot, but when he would be like, okay, so where in the Bible is this? I had mm. no idea. And a lot of times he would show me like with his Bible in hand, really kind of like where I was wrong in a lot of the <laughs> <laughs> um, So there's Drew. And then I, in the summer of 96, which is the end of my freshman year, mm -hmm. uh, I switched majors. So I was trying to double up. Uh, during the Summer Olympics, I was trying to double up classes to catch up that year. Uh, mm -hmm. And I met this other girl, Tracy, um, Tracy Adams at the time, uh -huh. Tracy Topple. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, you know her. Yeah. <laughs> and Tracy became my friend. And I remember seeing her when we were starting classes in industrial design. And, and I was like, she's different. But like mm -hmm. different because she was really joyful. And she was just the kind of very peaceful person um, who just, yeah, she was just kind of like joyful all the time, not in an obnoxious way, uh, in yeah. a way that wanted me to be joyful as well, to want to know more about what is it that makes her so joyful. Mm -hmm. um, and Tracy started inviting me to CCF, which is Christian Campus Fellowship mm -hmm. at Georgia Tech. Um, and for a year straight, every Thursday, she would invite me to Bible study at CCF. And every Thursday, I said no to her. <laughs> That's I was awesome. Like, yeah. For an entire year, you said no. Yeah, I said no. I was I had an excuse set every Thursday to not go to Bible study with her. Um, until like I one Thursday in the spring of that year, um, I didn't have an excuse ready. And so I was like, okay, I guess I'm gonna go with you to Bible study. Mm -hmm. And I went and uh, you know, you hear Bible study, but like what it actually was was completely different. Um, mm -hmm. I met Rick Harper for the first time. 
and he broke every stereotype that I ever had <laughs> that uh, <laughs> that Christians were boring. Uh, and I don't know why. You, you know, you have these stereotypes in your head sure. that you grew up with. And I was just yeah. like, wow, this guy is wild. Um, but I wanted to know more. Like he made it, he made the story of Jesus and the story of God so compelling that I wanted to hear more about it. Mm -hmm. And so I came back week after week. I started going back every week and wow. started to just grow in my faith, you know, little by little. That's so cool. Yeah. So from there you started to grow in your faith. Mm -hmm. And then at some point you became roommates with Tracy, right? I did. Tracy, yeah. Tracy and Aaron McDade. That's right. This, yeah. this Sophie, Tracy, Aaron. That's the triumvirate, man. That's the power <laughs> team, right? That's what I hear. Yeah. Actually, Aaron and I went to the same Bible study together for the first time because she was turning Tracy down every week, too. So both <laughs> Poor of us Tracy. We're turning Tracy down. So poor Tracy. Um, uh, but yeah. Yeah. Oh, so that is so cool. Mm -hmm. So then from there, I'd love to know okay, you're doing. Christian uh, Campus Fellowship. You're doing the CCF thing. Mm -hmm. Jesse's starting to take his faith seriously, plugged in with crew. Georgia Tech's a huge campus. You said you you met each other through a, a mutual friend. How did, right. how did that work out? Yeah, the guy I had roomed with a freshman year had gone to high school with her and so uh, mm -hmm. arranged for a, uh, a meeting so I could uh, meet her. Uh, <laughs> Didn't so really funny. make the best first impression. Uh, oh, that's so bad. unfortunately, yeah. No, I mean, <laughs> it didn't go well for a long time. There's it didn't go well. Story, but now, were you, yeah, those are still awkward years. Um, <laughs> yeah. You don't really know who you are. You try to be cool. It doesn't work mm -hmm. out. Um, yeah. Uh, now, had was w with Sophie. Was it the the fact that she was? a woman from another country too, that you were like super intrigued. You're like, I, I, I've got to know this lady. Yeah. What was it? You know, yeah, it was, yeah, I mean, yeah. all package, right? So, I mean, you've got all these different elements coming together. And so I was like, yeah, I want to get to know her. And, um, <laughs> Did you even know I spoke French? I don't think, I don't think I knew that at first. No, that was. So yeah, was like Sophie, your, your heart language and in your home, what language is it? Is it French, Flemish? In with my parents, I always speak French. So, mm -hmm. you know, I grew up speaking French. Mm -hmm. And then wow. when we moved to Atlanta, you know, English after that and some Spanish. So, so Buffy learned French first, then she learned Spanish, then she learned English. And she actually speaks all three of those languages better than I do. <laughs> that's That says something, doesn't it? Uh, <laughs> no, that's, that's really amazing. Um, I have met your mom and have had the joy of being in the same room and seeing you switch from multiple <laughs> languages, like mm -hmm. all in one sitting. It's absolutely mind blowing. And you do it <laughs> seamlessly and it's truly amazing. And then it's also so cool to, uh, I feel like one time in, when we were in Spain back in 2010, I remember your kids being on the phone with your parents and they were speaking in English to me and my kids. And then they were saying something to your parents in French. I feel like on the phone one time. And I was like, who are these kids? My, <laughs> what's wrong with my kids? Like, what, what's wrong with you? You should be speaking this stuff. Come on. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. I, I'm very jealous that you can speak multiple languages and that you do it uh, so well. Uh, it's, it's very, very cool. It's definitely a big advantage. That's the advantage of being a third culture kid. Yeah, absolutely. Out there. And that's, that would be a great discussion point at some mm -hmm. point. Uh, maybe with Julie Jones, we can talk yeah. through 
what it's like to be a third culture kid as an adult and maybe mm-hmm. even words of advice uh, that we could give to some of our kids uh, yeah. who are with their parents serving around the world. But mm-hmm. that's for another time. So <laughs> Georgia Tech, CCF, Georgia Tech crew, when did the missions thing start coming on track? You're, you're both starting to take your faith seriously. Where did missions fit within that? Well, for me, you know, I had the opportunity to participate in a summer project, which was a a summer mission experience with crew. uh, Similar to like our REACH internship. Very, very similar. Yeah. Uh, We went with a, with a big group. I think we were 30 students that spent the summer in Paris, France, doing outreach to mostly uh, young people who come to, to France to study from North Africa. Hmm. And we had the chance to, to get to meet a lot of students who come from Mauritania, Algeria, Tunisia, uh, Morocco, and, and to share our faith with them. And I love that experience. And I had studied French in high school and in college. And so it was getting to put language uh, learning um, with gospel sharing. And that was always kind of a, something that, that I thought was, was fun. Um, and, and I felt like God had kind of given me at least an interest in, I was interested in language learning and, and I was interested in faith and putting those two things together, uh, just seemed like kind of a natural, um, connection. And so got involved with that and came back from, from that experience would have been, uh, after my junior year of college. And I guess missions was just kind of on my radar from there going forward. And then that, that connected with what CCF was doing at the time, which was starting global scope. Yeah. Yeah. So you guys were there same time as Aaron McDade, same time as Phil Tatum and as Mm -hmm. Tracy Topol, as they're looking at linking up with Christian missionary fellowship and launching this new branch of CMF with international campus ministry folk as the main focus global scope. So that, that had to have been a really interesting, intriguing time. Sophie, for you, how did that play out? You know, uh, I have heard some from Phil about how he got to go to Chile. What, what did that look like for you? Well, I remember when I was an intern, I became an intern. I, when I graduated from Georgia tech. So I, I was like, I need another year to make sure that industrial design is the way I'm going. Hmm. Uh, and so I decided to intern at CCF, uh, and I completely fell in love with campus ministry. And I was actually an intern the same year as Aaron McDade. Okay. Um, and, but the year before Tracy Topple, Tracy Adams at the time had been an intern and she was, she had just moved to Mexico city to start the first global scope and Chester Topple was on that team. Yeah. Um, and I remember at the end of my intern year, I was kind of coming to this kind of like weird crossroads where I was like, okay, well, I don't think I want to do industrial design for my life. I think I want to continue with ministry. I'm dating this guy. Uh, we've stud. Been for two stud. Years. Stud. That's right. <laughs> uh, and Tracy invites me and she was like, why don't you come down to Mexico City and see if you want to be an intern down here or join our team down here in Mexico City. And so Jesse and I had this really awkward conversation because we're trying to make future plans without making future plans because we're mm-hmm. not engaged, like we're just dating. Right. Um, and so we go down to Mexico together and we loved the idea of global scope, but Mexi- we were both like clearly knew that Mexico was not the place for us. Hmm. We were just okay. like, they just did not, like, I think, I think God was really speaking to us. Like he was like, wow. we want you to, I want you to do global scope. 
not in Mexico. And so we really started talking about, okay, well, where do we want to go? And we started uh, talking about Europe. Um, hmm. Do you have more details? No, I think the engagement uh, part kind of helped solidify. Yeah. <laughs> Like yeah, soon, soon after that trip to Mexico, we yeah. got engaged. And so that yeah. helped a lot to be like, okay, now we can talk about future plans. <laughs> you're like, you're like, talk to the, talk to the ring hand first. Talk yeah, to the hand yeah. boy. Yeah, where's the ring? Then we can get serious. I know. It's okay. Yeah. Um, but it's there. It's there. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, so anyway, I, once we got engaged, we started talking about how we wanted to go to Europe. And Naomi Coons at the time was the Global Scope Director, had really been wanting somebody to go to England. And we came back with, no, we don't want to go to England. We would like to go to France. Mm -hmm. And okay, okay so, so we, we said, let's go, can we go to France to CMF? And CMF came back with, France is a very difficult field right now. We feel like you should try and go in a different direction. Hmm. And so after that, we started speaking, talking about, well, Spanish speaking countries in Europe, Spain. <laughs> yeah, so, the Spanish speaking country. <laughs> yeah, we, we really narrowed it, narrowed it down then. Um, My so global scope at the time was, was in Mexico and was starting in Chile. There was kind of a Spanish connection with right. Mm -hmm. and so we were like, well, Absolutely. this would be cool if we could have some exchange programs happening between Mexico, Chile, and and Spain. Like, how did yeah. that happen? Because um, the exchange program has always been part of Global Scope, and that's always been a really, really cool, exciting part of Global Scope is the exchange mm -hmm. program. Yeah, I, I definitely have always been jealous that the students who come and serve with us they get a full semester of or or yeah. a full year in some cases. Mm -hmm of getting that missions plus university experience, which, mm -hmm. you know, I only ever had that summer experience and that was like, man, I want more of this. Yeah. And so I yeah. think that's a great part about the, the program that the CMF offers. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I agree. And I, I want to talk more at some point about how that's played out for you guys in the, what is it 16 years of ministry now that you've been in with Global coming Scope? up on 16, yeah, yeah. coming right. up on 16. Mm -hmm. So with your two, two ministries that you had in Salamanca and now in Valencia. I want to hear more about how exchange has played out with that. Um, but before that, let's, let's back up. I'm, I'm, I'm letting people know too much already about things <laughs> that I already know. So CMF says, yeah, Spain does seem like, like they also kind of in, in agreement, the executive team was like, yeah, this is a direction that we think you guys should start looking and exploring as well. They, they told us we had to come up with a report as to why Spain and where mm -hmm. it's Spain, right? So we, we took a scouting trip, to like a Disco Discover Spain trip yeah. kind of, um, to kind of see why Spain would be the place where we go. And Jesse mm -hmm. knows a lot more about that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, scouting trips have happened in a lot of different countries. Mm -hmm. And so sure. we had to, to lead those trips and, and, and pray and got confirmation through different conversations and experiences that that there was a good fit for global scope. Um, yeah. And, yeah. And so who, who was on that, that vision trip or that scouting trip? Was it just the two of you or there's some other people involved? Yeah. The first trip was uh, Rick Harper and um, Steve Hale, Steve Hale and uh, a buddy of mine, Josh Babcock and mm -hmm. Lindsay Fuse, I believe. Mm -hmm. Is that right? And Sarah Walsh. Sarah Walsh. And then we had a second trip that included most of our first team, which was Chris Byrne, Jeremy Lawler, Alan Kemper. Alan Kemper. Um, cool. All the guys that I got to know uh, yeah. at Emmanuel during that same time frame in the early 2000s uh, with you yeah. guys. And 
when Juliet and Aiden were both born. So <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. So you you go there, you said with Rick, Steve Hale, and who was the, the third person on that Jack trip? That, yeah. And and mm-hmm. so these guys, they go with you. Rob Kuykendall. Oh, yeah, Rob Kuykendall. Okay, you guys all land in Madrid. Mm-hmm. How did you go from there? Like, where, where did, how did it play out? Like, I, you know, discover Spain. I mean, that's massive. So how did it play from there? Well, Jake, you might remember I, uh, you had had uh, a guy who had been in a discipleship group with you at Oklahoma that had moved to Spain to mm-hmm. uh, to be a missionary there. And so we got in touch with him by email and ended up meeting up with him. Basically, it was just a write whoever you could and learn whatever you could um, mm. through through email and setting up meetings. And uh, yeah, just uh, found ways to interview people and to hear what God was doing and, and see what opportunities and see what kind of openness uh, people thought there was for a type of ministry like Global Scope. And, mm-hmm. uh, and there was a good link with uh, exchange students for exchange students to be able to come. And so Salamanca ended up being the place that, that mm-hmm. we ended up going. So Salamanca ended up being the place. Yeah, it's so weird that not only did we get to become friends at Emmanuel, but that we had this connection to my personal history with Chris Pratt. So not Chris yeah. Pratt, the guy from Guardians of the Galaxies and Marvel <laughs> movies and from Parks and Rec, but Chris Pratt, awesome man of faith that was uh, my Bible study leader my freshman and sophomore year. And he asked me many, many times to go with him to do ministry in Spain. And like a jerk, I kept turning him down and going to Russia instead. <laughs> so, it's so amazing that he's in Spain and doing mm-hmm. ministry there, has a deep love for that country and its people and that you guys uh, connect with him. So cool. And to see how that then plays out to you ending up in Salamanca. So Salamanca is mm-hmm. out in Western Spain. And it, I, I often tell folks it's kind of a college town it's like out in the middle of nowhere and seems like the university really is the central focus is that correct is that a good assessment of it yeah i i mean at this point in in history i think if if the university wasn't there salamanca would probably not be existent. Um, well known i mean it's the oldest yeah. university in spain yeah. it's it's got worldwide fame especially in the spanish-speaking world mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's 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 a college town through and through. Yeah, which yeah. is why we chose it. Uh, we wanted mm-hmm. to be a place where students maybe didn't have as so many options of things to do. They had to they had to focus on school or mm-hmm. you know whatever else there is. And we and we felt like we had the chance to make a big impact in in a town like that. Yeah, and you guys did make a huge impact. Well, I I want to plan on doing another episode with you guys and uh, do having a part two to, of this discussion to talk about your ministry uh, in Salamanca. And then years later, your now ministry in Valencia in mm-hmm. Vivo part two. Um, but as we wrap up this time, I'd love for you guys to give maybe just some words of advice or some insight for maybe a, a young adult uh, that is looking at their future. Maybe they've got a degree that they feel like I need to do something with this degree like you did, Sophie. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also feels like this pull towards ministry, this pull, pull towards stepping out and doing something for Jesus as well. What what would you guys say to somebody uh, that maybe was in those same positions that you guys were in uh, that is in that position right now? 
Yeah, I mean, everybody's got their own story and, and timings uh, for that. I, I ended up working as an engineer for three years prior to um, really kind of making the shift to ministry. Um, but I think it was just kind of following the promptings of God at, at each stage where it felt like there was an opportunity. And I remember I was thinking, what am I most excited about? Mm. And it was always working in ministry and being a part of the kingdom and seeing what, what God was doing in the world and doing that with, with a group of people. And obviously with, with Sophie, like getting to do that together, uh, that always sounded more interesting and exciting to me uh, to be a part of what God was doing in the world. And so we just, it was just one step of faith after another. So I think it, it begins with that first step. So what's that next step of faith look like for you? And are you willing, are you willing to, to take it? You don't necessarily know, necessarily know where it will lead um but it's that process of trusting uh despite not knowing where god's going to take you so yeah that's that's really interesting yeah it's um, it sounds like almost like on a gut level like you knew what you were excited about and it was like all right i just need to continue to listen to my gut and and take yeah. that next step you didn't know what the 10 steps were going to be out in front of you but that's yeah. that one in front of you and also credit to great vision casting by people who were starting global scope at the time and, and they painted a vision for a future that we both fell in love with that mm. God was in this and changing, changing the world through it. And I, and I think there's power in that and, 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 and feeling like the Holy spirit was leading us in that direction. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. Sophie, me. do you have something you want to add? Yeah. I, I was thinking about it. Like I, I liked what Jesse said. I thought that was, I think that it helped me to come up with what I wanted to say. <laughs> Good. Not quite what I would. No, no, it was actually no. Uh, I think for me, uh, I had a really good conversation with my grandfather at some point because you know, growing up in a Roman Catholic family, for my family, it was very difficult for them to understand my decision to want to be a missionary. You know, I remember mm -hmm. I had a conversation with my mom, and she's like, "Well, are you going to be a nun?" Like she didn't mm -hmm. understand, right. you know, right? How how I as a married woman would be on the field um, as a missionary. Uh, and I remember having a conversation with my grandfather and he was like, listen, you can't make people happy uh, with your decisions. You have to, you have to do what makes you happy, what makes God happy. Uh, mm -hmm. And I think, I think there's a lot of people out there, especially when you have a really good college degree, you know, we have good college degrees from Georgia tech, industrial design, chemical engineering, you know, on paper, um, what we did doesn't make sense. Um, but I think God's plan for our lives is so much bigger than the plans that we can make for ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so if we kind of take that step of faith and are like, okay, I'm going to trust that God has me in his hands. Uh, I think it's a very cool ride once you get on it. So yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Well, we're going to hear more about this ride that you've been on now mm -hmm. for 16 years as global scope campus ministers in Spain in our next episode together, but I'm so grateful for this time and for you guys sharing about uh, how you met and your journey of faith. And I look forward to talking to you more. God bless you guys. All right. Thanks. thanks Jay. Jay. And thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode of the fellowship podcast. We hope you have been encouraged and challenged by Jesse and Sophie's story and that you will look for opportunities in your own life to make the greatest impact for God with the most people that you can connect with. Like Sophie's grandpa said, you can't make other people happy. You need to pursue those things that make you and God happy. 
So get out there and connect with what God is doing in the world around you.